20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? The Packers won a football game, and to celebrate, I am joined by the one and only Perry Goldstein, the second and only Dusty Evely, and I don't even know where I want to start. Dusty's filling in for Alex. You can follow him at Dusty Evely over on the X Twitter, whatever we're calling it. You can find him on Packer Report, Packaday, Cheesehead TV, doing awesome film breakdowns with John Kuhn, which is amazing. Perry Goldstein, you can find her at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find her with amazing the Maggie, the amazing Maggie Loney over on Packs What She Said. Easy for me to say. Friends, I'm I can't even talk because the Packers won a game. Let me just start by asking you this. Are they going to the Super Bowl? <laughs> I mean, in the future, I don't know. This year, absolutely. Next year, yeah. I don't know. But this year, for sure, yes. 100%. Right. Deal. Barry, how's, that, how's it going? I mean, it's just so much better watching this team win than watching this team lose. <laughs> so, I'll take. I'll take. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there were a lot of ways today could go. And this team has not shown us, like, I had no idea, you know, going into today. Who knows? Like, if they had lost to Brett Ripien, they could have fired Joe Barry. I don't know what would have happened. But instead, we got um, a much better outcome, I think, for everyone involved. Dusty, Packers win 20-3 to overall. They outgained the Rams 391 yards to 187 yards, which seems good. That seems like a good thing. Uh, what, you know, I just want to start actually just, what was your key takeaway from this game? What was the thing that you left with saying, all right, I'm, I'm either feeling good about this and feeling bad about this, whatever it is, the floor is yours, my friend. So all, se- not all, I mean, all season kind of leading up to this point, I think last week they kind of started making a change where they had the Nyman in for Walker and all of that, but they had this whole, like, we're going to just put these guys out here. We're going to see what shakes. And then last week seemed like a shift in terms of like some stuff isn't working. This isn't just about development. We need to actually win some games as well. And so they they started kind of moving some stuff around a little bit. I don't know if it was that mindset. I don't know if it was the guys in there because most of the guys in the offensive line are the same. They got movement in the run game in a way they've not gotten before. And that's, I mean, the Rams defense is not good. But I looked at right before we got on, it was FTN's formerly Football Outsiders adjusted uh, defensive line rankings. Rams were 19th coming into this game. I believe they had some injuries, but 19th coming into this game, way better than the Raiders and Broncos, uh, and I believe Bears, all of whom, like, even if they had some rushing guards on them, it felt like luck. They were still getting contact in the backfield. Guys were not pushing downfield. It was all kind of that horizontal plane. But honestly, the ineligible receiver downfield uh, uh, thing last week was almost a shock because they can't get downfield because they can't disengage off blocks. Like, all season they've had that problem. So the fact they're able to, like – push downfield. I know we're going to get to it later, but the, the Myers had a couple of good on the downfield that you can't pull on those unless they're holding the edges and guys are holding the edges. So I think overall, uh, overall, I think the run game looked way, way better. I think I still got questions about stuff overall, but the fact that they were pushing to the next level is just something we haven't seen this year. So to me, that was one of my big takeaways. Like, okay, if this is a base and, and great, this is the Rams, but again, middle of the pack defensive line, right? Cause if this is a base for your offense and you can, and you've got something now that you can actually like not have a running back hit in the backfield every single play and actually gain some yards out of that. Suddenly this operation looks a little bit better. So that was, that was my big takeaway just the movement of the run game. I like that a lot. I want to come back to that, but before I get there, Perry, I want to ask your key takeaway from this game. Um, I had a few. I think the biggest one is just like 
you I mean you made the joke are the Packers going to the Super Bowl before this we we started this and like obviously the answer is no but like you want to see something out of this team and I think everyone going to the season was like there's a lot of young talent on both sides of the, the ball and I'm just really excited to see like what they do with it over the course of the season and it's been a really disappointing last like month and a half because you can tell that that talent is there it just it's either not being utilized properly or they're not giving the opportunity or just like all these mistakes have been leading to like nobody. And in this game, like a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys on both sides of the ball really stepped up. And that to me is like what this season was always meant to be about, which is like, this is a really young team and we want to get these young guys snaps and we want to see what they can do with it. And like, we're going to go through the list and we're going to name a bunch of them as we go along. But like, you got to see like some of the young receivers step up. You saw like Carrington Valentine come in. Like they just traded Rasul. You're thinking like, oh gosh, like are we just gonna get trucked over by Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup in this game, even though it's a backup quarterback? And no, like they're just like, you know, Anthony Johnson Jr. comes in, starts at safety, gets his first pick. Just like a lot of like really awesome moments. And like that's not to say there weren't a ton of mistakes because there were. And this was not a perfect game. And Dusty said it. This is not a very good team. Um, although I will say, I think on the defensive side of the ball, like it is a pretty average defense that they clearly, you know, were able to move the ball um, against. But um, I was just really pleasantly surprised to finally see some forward progress from a bunch of the young guys. You know, Luke Musgrave's first touchdown of his career, just like these are the moments we've been waiting for the last few weeks. And it's felt like no movement, no um improvements and you're like yikes is this bad drafting is this coaching like what is it right now and I've been thinking like something's gonna have to click at some point and I think today was just a little bit of that starting to click now again you have to stack these kinds of games but it's finally like felt like a step forward a trend in the right direction yeah very well said I think that was similar to my biggest takeaway from this game and that's this is finally really what I expected this team to look like kind of all season long and take away. Yes. We let's just put the huge caveat out there right now. Brett Rippon starting quarterback Rams, not great football team coming to Lambeau. We get all of it. Nobody's saying that this was a Herculean performance by the green Bay Packers to overcome the Brett Rippon led LA Rams. We, we get it. We understand it. A, a game full of some really dumb and stupid mistakes by the Packers where you showed signs of progress you were super competitive throughout the game. Your defense was what kind of won you the game, and you showed some flashes on offense. This kind of game is what I expected it to be sort of all along. Now, if you would have told me that some of these really awful losses came at the hands of the Chiefs or maybe a Justin Herbert-led Chargers or some of those sort of things, would have totally understood it, and that still might come in a few weeks. But these, this is the sort of game I expected them to have against the Broncos and the Raiders and this sort of Rams team. And unfortunately, it took until week nine that I think we kind of saw proof of concept of what this could look like. And again, nobody's saying it was going to be perfect. A lot of mistakes in this one, which we'll go over. Some missed throws, although not many. Um, some drop passes, some fumbles, some penalties, all of the above. But this is what I've kind of been waiting for and wanting to see. And we finally saw it in this game. And that's kind of my big takeaway from this one. All right. I want to follow this up. And I think we're kind of probably on a similar wavelength and we've kind of caveated it already in this one. But uh, actually, I'll start with this one. Were the Packers better this week or were the Rams just awful? Um, that's what I kind of wanted to start off. With. 
And I actually really, I, I had written down very similarly to what Dusty said earlier. He stole my stuff, which is why he's not going to be invited back. Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought what I saw from this offense, and I know it kind of stalled off, stalled out a couple of times. Specifically, you had a missed field goal. You had the fourth and one situations, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But outside of that, I saw this team be able to move the ball with some efficiency down the field. And a lot of times it was still themselves shooting themselves in the foot, whether it was a bizarro Dontavian Wicks fumble, whether it was an Aaron Jones fumble, again, some of those weirdo penalties. We saw all of that, but I did see things that I thought were repeatable, that I thought were progress, and I thought were much better. And specifically, some of that movement in the running game where you actually saw lanes, where you saw um, like daylight and not four of the opposite colored jersey flashing in your face behind the line of scrimmage, that, that to me was a really big sign of a positive. And yes, Rams... Not great football team, especially with ripping at quarterback. But I did think there were things that Green Bay took away as positives and that looked legitimately better than what they looked like uh, in previous games. Perry? Yeah, I agree. I I don't know. I mean, you can only take what's in front of you also. Like, if you want to talk about would this game have looked different with Matt Stafford, of course it would have. But, like, what do you, like there's nothing that this team could have done. Um, and I also, again, I don't think – I mean, I thought that the Rams defense going into this was maybe better than I guess they actually are. Dusty saying they were at 19th or that's just the defensive line. But I mean, they still have one of the best defenders like ever in the game of football to play. So like anytime you're going up against Aaron Donald, like he could single handedly wreck a game. And we've actually watched defensive linemen or edge rushers single handedly wreck games this season like a la max crosby so like you just never really knew going into this so yeah i just i i genuinely think the packers played better that's not to say again that they were like phenomenal or that i think they're gonna go on some amazing run but it's just like that incremental um like step-by-step progress that was nice to see especially against a team that like isn't bottom of the barrel you know like it's I, i don't i don't think that look if they had beaten the Broncos or the Raiders, or I mean, they did beat the Bears. You're like, all right, yeah, they won, but there's still this is still a bottom of the barrel type of team. Like, this is a pretty mid level team that's probably actually like better than the Packers with Matt Stafford playing. So um, it was just nice to see them be able to like do what they liked to do, especially on offense. Um, defense, I think anytime you keep an opponent, even if it's a backup quarterback to three points, like that's a huge win in my book. Like that's just like a good performance by this team. You're also missing probably arguably your best defensive player at the moment in Quay Walker. I mean, I would say he's playing maybe the best and you lose Kenny partway through the game and they just traded Sewell. So again, who knew how this team is going to come out in terms of energy and they kept an opposing team with two very good receivers um, to three points, which is always a win. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's both. It's the Packers played better, um, and the Rams were terrible. And I, I mean, and some of that is. I mean, listen, Aaron Donald didn't wreck the game, uh, which is good because Aaron Donald could have wrecked the game if the line played like yep. it did like a few weeks ago, like it has been so far. So that's a win there. And they did. I mean, all along this season has been. It's it's what are the young guys doing? And then they're having a hard time getting on the same page, and they're having issues, and they're on the, in the wrong place, they're on the wrong routes. And a lot of times it's not necessarily them beating themselves because the other teams they played, they've made some good plays as well, but some of it is them beating themselves and they didn't really do that today. I mean, they, they were a little cleaner. Like I said, there were some, some miscues, some throws that were a little off, some assignments that were missed like that occasionally that, that stuff's going to happen. But overall it was, it was a cleaner look. Like you said, 
towards the beginning, Andy. This is about what we expected. They're going to be, it's going to go in fits and starts. It was always going to go in fits and starts. Uh, but there actually was competence at times on offense. I mean, the offense more than the defense, because I think the defense, yeah, I mean, some guys did show out. I thought Jonathan Owens showed some nice stuff when he was in the box. Slayton held up very well at times. And a lot of those guys that like they've shown some stuff this year. And I think they turned in a pretty good game against again, not a great offense, but well, say coming into the year, the Rams were talked about as like possibly the worst roster in the league. So like, uh, don't get it twisted. Like McVay is a good coach. This is still, there's not a ton of talent. They're not a good team, but the Packers did put together again. They put, they beat the opponent in front of them and they also kind of beat the opponent in themselves. It's like a, <laughs> they looked inwards and they beat themselves. They did not beat themselves, which is good. So I think I think it's both. I think they they did play better. It was smoother, even if not without mistakes. There's still some stuff to clean up, but they it was there's optimism. I looked at Jordan Love's line. I hadn't looked at his stats. I looked at Jordan Love's live after the game. I went, oh, he was like seventy percent completion. Like l- look at this. It was like like actually like watching a real performance of a football team out there. It was very nice. <laughs> Getting there, slow and steady. Getting there, competence is huge. We'll we'll take little steps. And again, as far as like beating the team in front of you, right? Like this feel, regardless of the team that they were playing in this game. Like if if they lose to this Rams team, we are having a very very different conversation. Like they needed to win this game in some to to find a way to win this game. They did. It wasn't like this fluky nine to six victory where they kick a field goal at the end to win or something like. They dominated the team from, uh, again, a yardage standpoint, 391 to 187. They win by 17. Probably could have been better than that had it not been for a couple miscues. They took care of business, and that's all you can do on any given Sunday in the NFL. Perry, I'm going to give you the first shot at this one because I know you love talking corners, and who better to ask than you about Jair Alexander and Carrington Valentine and really anywhere else you want to go with the rest of this pass defense. Again, we'll caveat it with Brett Rippon, but Koopa Cup and Pukunakua – 14 targets, two extremely talented wide receivers, 14 targets, five catches, 80 yards, and really led by Jair and Carrington. Oh, it was so good to see Jair back to being himself. Like, I I think you can tell that he clearly was injured based on the way he played the last couple of, I mean, he must have forced himself to play last game or something because he was super off. And that's not to say, I mean, they played out just a much better team in the Vikings, but, um, and Jordan Addison, I think just is the real deal. But that being said, I mean, Cooper cup is also the real deal. You just was, it felt like jaw had his speed and his energy back in a way that we hadn't seen in a while. And you can tell when Jair is healthy, when he's getting involved in the run game, I think he like really shies away from making tackles in the run game when he's not a hundred percent. We saw it post shoulder. And I think we've saw it this season with his back bothering him. And that's always like a key indication for me of what, where he's at health wise. Um, And he made a huge TFL. Um, So that was great. And again, like going into this, you're thinking, well, Carrington Valentine kind of got picked apart by Russell Wilson when they played against the Broncos. So this could be an interesting situation. Now, granted, Russell Wilson is obviously a much better quarterback than Brett Rippey. And I don't think that that's a hot take. Um, And Russell Wilson knows to kind of pick on a rookie corner when he gets the opportunity. But it was pretty clear to me that Carrington Valentine learned from that experience and came in with a lot more of an aggressive mindset. And again, going up against Puka Nakua, who's like the darling rookie of this 
current season is really no small feat. And he's filling in for pretty big shoes shoes in Russell Douglas, who was probably playing like one of the best on that side of the ball so far this season. So I just think overall they complemented each other quite well. I really, really liked the aggression. Like, I don't know if that was a scheme change by Barry, if that was just the two of them deciding like, this is how we're going to play it or we're going to have to play it this way because we don't have the same safety help that we normally do on the back end losing, you know, Ford and Savage. Now both their starting safeties are out, but the, the level of aggression was everything you want to see. Like those two corners, they're going to press you and they're going to be able to like make plays on the ball. We haven't seen Packer Packer corners this year, make any plays on the ball. It felt like PBUs were just like non-existent. And so you're finally watching them kind of go after the ball um, and get some pass breakups. And again, if you're going to play the way Joe Barry wants him to play, which is keeping things in front of you, you have to make those plays. You can't just like let them dink and dunk you and catch the ball. And like that could have happened today and it didn't. And that was huge. Um, the rest of the room, again, I think really stepped up. I, I still don't know if Nixon is the answer at slot. Um, I thought when he went out and Ennis Gaines went in, like nothing really changed. So that could be that like Ennis just played quite nicely or that like maybe Nixon just like, isn't the answer there. Um, but it was awesome to see Jonathan Owens make a big play, you know, in his moment, Anthony Johnson jr. Like I said earlier, first pick, although that was, you know, a tipped ball from Jair. So the secondary just felt really cohesive t- tonight, today. Um, and it just felt like things were clicking and working and, I don't know, we haven't seen it yet this season. Um, takeaways have been so few and far between, and it just finally felt like everything kind of caught up to them. Yeah. Jesse? Yeah, I'm I'm very interested about carrying Jamalton. I love I will say anytime a a cornerback comes in and like slides under a block to try to blow up a play that like an under round or whatever, that's always like I don't care what he did the rest of the game. I'm like, that was a good game from that corner who did that because it always looks awesome. Uh so I always love seeing that. He is so aggressive. Um and he will the, I mean the knocks on him, we have not seen him very much. And the knocks on him were watching him because I I went to UK, I follow UK football, and then obviously I was watching preseason stuff. It's still the same stuff. He is hyper aggressive. He's going to have some moments. Where he he thinks he is capable of making every single play and covering every single person. And some weeks he will look like that, and then other weeks he's going to give up a sixty yard touchdown over his head. Like because that's that's the kind of guy he is. There's times he's going to lose interest in the run game. None of that was on display today. Like he played aggressive. He played heads up. He played smart. And I I like you said, Perry. I was kind of <laughs> after they traded Rasul, and I looked and I was like, it's it's Nakua and Cooper Cup. And we saw what happened when Valentine was in the game last week. Like they're going to throw his way. It was him. And then, and then Valentine when Valentine was in the Valentine and Valentine, they're just, they're throwing every single time those guys are on the field and he was just getting eaten up. And so that's what I kind of thought was going to happen today. And I think he held his own. I don't know what he's going to look like going forward, but he looked really good. And yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much echo everything Perry said about Jair. He looked, his energy was there. He was, didn't seem to be stretching in between each and every snap. Like he, he seemed engaged. He was everywhere i feel like every single play jair had a hand somewhere in the frame uh which is always cool to see it's been a while since we've seen him i think play a full game like that and obviously we haven't gone through all of the, all of the film yet i did kind of a half rewatch before we started here to try to like cram because i missed some of the game uh because the place i went to just did not have parts of the game they could not figure <laughs> out how to work the tvs which was a whole lot of fun uh so i missed some of it so i tried watching some of that but I, I, it's been i think it's been a while since we've seen him that dialed in and make that big of an impact um for an entire game which is awesome to see 
Yeah, it was great to see Jair flying around. And again, the physicality in the run game is what I, I was really excited to see as well. I think the thing with Carrington, right, because as you mentioned, you're not it's not just him like stepping up, but he's filling in for Razul Douglas, who gets traded this week. And we've all talked about the, the leadership that Razul possesses and what's that going to mean to the locker room. It's not like he can just come in and replace Razul overall. The energy that Carrington brought in this game was a totally different energy. And like, that's not nothing. That is important too, for a young player to come in and play with that intensity and that energy. Like this defense needs a couple dudes like that. And it's not to say that Razul didn't have that, but this was like, just like oozing like confidence and energy and swagger and all of it. And I loved to see that. Like he was like the last play of the game where he drops the interception. It didn't even matter because it was fourth down anyway. And it didn't like drop it. It was like a ricochet. We could barely got his hands on it. But like he was mad at himself and still going crazy because like he wanted that pick. I just loved the intensity with which he played with. I was going back and watching it. I was hoping to do a little bit of like a watching every play of his, um, but it didn't come out in, on time. But I don't know that he allowed a completion. Um, if he did, I don't think it was anything crazy. He was batting everything away, plus got the offensive pass interference call that went mm-hmm. when he was in coverage. Like, I think they had negative yards when they targeted Carrington Valentine and just the juxtaposition and again you mentioned the quarterback difference here perry but like they still attacked him they attacked him early and they attacked him often just like denver did in the denver game it was first down first down first down like he just kept giving up first downs in this one he was shutting everything down against some really talented wide receivers that was a a really huge uh takeaway for me um was carrington valentine and then anthony johnson jr too I really went into this game being like, I just want to see Anthony Johnson Jr. not make any like big mistakes. And then not only does he not make big mistakes, he's got a, he jars a ball loose uh, on a big hit. He gets the interception off the tip ball from Jair. Not like first game stuff. We're going to see some mistakes, but I, I thought he acquitted himself nicely. We got two rookies like that. There's a lot of positives there and, and made me super excited about those two moving forward. And I dust him with you. There's going to be stupid overall excited. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love Crazy bread, love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. Friends, welcome to busy season. There's school, sports, holidays, Thanksgivings, Friendsgivings, birthdays, anniversaries, meetings, meetings about meetings. You get the picture. Obviously, for me, football season is the single busiest time of the year. And with it being busy and with the holidays coming up, we all maybe have a little bit of a tendency to maybe overindulge a bit. And it's really hard to stick with that nutrition plan with all the craziness going on. 
Well, that's where Factor comes in. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal service and can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Looking for calorie-conscious options over the holidays that also taste great? Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Whatever your need is, these meals are really, really good, and I know you're going to enjoy them. So right now, head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code Packaday50 at factormeals.com slash Packaday50 to get 50% off. So many of you probably know that Damian Lillard was just traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And as soon as I found out, I had to get opening day tickets immediately. And I will be there at that game because I use game time and even got to use code Packaday for $20 off, which made it even more sweet. The process was so insanely simple. They have these flash deals and you can click on the different areas of the stadium to see which prices are available. You can see the actual view of the seats. It was hassle-free and just super, super simple. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals as well. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without all the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I feel like this team, there's a lot of knocks against them, but like one thing that I've noticed pretty consistently across Matt LaFleur's teams is this like very like solid next man up mentality from all these players. And like, it's not always amazing. And like the next man up is not always like as just like talented as the guy that they replaced. But I will say like, whenever someone has to come in, I mean, you're looking like an Isaiah, even Isaiah McDuffie, you know, a a player like that, when he comes in, like 
they always give it a hundred. And I feel like that cannot be like overstated enough, especially on a team where like they could very easily just say like, we are clearly bad and we're just like gonna, you know, not give our all in a game like this. But that is the opposite of what we saw in this game, especially on that side of the ball. And again, if you want to look at this season as like, let's just give all our young guys as many opportunities as humanly possible. Like these snaps are invaluable. It's great to see a game like this where you're getting, you know, your seventh round pick rookies, you know, starting caliber snaps for an entire game. Even if it's against a backup cornerback, that doesn't matter. It's still an NFL game um, and see how they hold up. And they just very much have that like really amazing next man up mentality where they're like, we don't care. This is our opportunity. We're going to show you exactly what kind of player we are. Dusty, you mentioned a little bit of the run defense earlier. I just wanted to kind of go over this too, because I thought, again, we're not, we're not talking Barry Sanders uh, and Emmett Smith here, but over the last two games, these were the four running backs that touched the ball for the Vikings and the Rams. Royce Freeman, 12 carries, 32 yards, 2.7 yard average. Daryl Henderson, 10 carries, 19 yards, 1.9 yard average. Alexander Madison, 16 carries, 31 yards, 1.9 yard average. Cam Akers, nine carries, 19 yards, 2.1 yard average. Four different running backs. Royce Freeman, the best average with 2.7 yards. A total of 47 carries, 101 yards, and a 2.15 average. Not the greatest running backs in the world, not the greatest run offenses in the world. This was so much better run defense over the past two weeks than we have seen in a long time. And I don't care who they played against. I will gladly take it. Anything that you saw in your first watch through of just things that went well. No, I guess I think Slayton's holding up really well. He was always a guy. I mean, coming out of Florida, the thing was like, dude, dude's big. He can be stout, and then he'll give you some pass rush stuff. He'll give you a couple couple flashes per game of pass rush stuff. But he always <laughs> – he always ended up on the ground way too much for guy his size. Uh, he's he's he gets gets pushed around, slid down to a knee, ends up on his back, something like that. I think he's been holding up really, really well. And Kenny's been playing really good ball. Uh, and then they've got linebackers that are flowing. I think Campbell. We, I think we've talked about this before. Campbell last year played a little slower than he did a couple of years prior, just because they went to more of that two linebacker system. And it felt like he didn't know what he was supposed to do versus what Quay was supposed to do. And so there were some communication issues there. I think with Campbell and now and Quay's out, but I think Campbell looks a little more comfortable. The linebackers as a whole, I think look a little more comfortable in terms of flowing to the ball. And then when they flow, there's gaps there as well. That was the issue before is like they'll flow, but, but like there's, they, there's nothing to run through because it's all blocked up. Like then they're running into an offensive lineman. that's already climbing up to the second level. They've there's the point of attack. That's the whole thing is defensive line. They're holding up better at the point of attack than they have in the past. And they're creating those gaps for linebackers to fly through. I think Jonathan Owens had a tackle for loss today as well, like that he came in and fit up. You've got guys playing aggressive off the edge. So when they're trying to stretch those, I mentioned the Carrington Valentine sliding under a block. So you had that. You, you also got guys just aggressively trying to set the edge a little bit better. So I think, I mean, to me, that's that's the big thing. You watch it. I don't have any huge major, major takeaways, but there's dudes on there that are just holding their ground, not letting offensive linemen climb. And that's that's a huge deal. That's I mean, that's what you want. If you want to play a little softer on the back end, you like you need a guy who can win, which is Rashawn Gary. And then you need guys that can just hold the point of attack. The whole Joe Barry, you know, by way of um, 
and why am I blanking out the Staley stuff was play gap and a half, right? You play four yeah. or five down linemen, you don't rush anybody, and then you play, you kind of flow with it, and you got your you got your gap, and then you got a you got an eye on the gap behind you so you can play back. They couldn't do that. And they're not really doing that now, but the whole point was you couldn't hold they couldn't hold up with the point of attacks. They couldn't play that way if they wanted to, and they tried to play that way and they couldn't do it. So they've got guys that are just holding up a little better now, and that's making it harder for offensive linemen to climb. Like that's that's really big for as bad as the Packers have been. Like how, how bad is it? This year is terrible. And this is the one year they're like, well, at least they're good against the run. Like no one cares about that right now. Like, yeah. Right. The one thing they're good at doesn't matter because the rest of the team stinks, but it is kind of cool to see it still. They are showing improvements, which is huge. I think the, the one of my favorite plays, a couple of them, uh, the, the Carl Brooks play where he, you know, fork, like just resets the line of scrimmage. Like if Carl Brooks, like we have not seen that too much from him. And then Van Ness comes and makes the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. That was a really fun one. And then Colby Wooden gets the fourth down stop on a run play uh, as well. Just uh, just seeing those little things. And again, if, if we're looking at less at the record and like those sort of things and more at progress. Those are to me really big signs of progress and something that I think hopefully can continue to be building blocks for this team moving forward. Perry, I want to start with you on the opposite side of the ball with Jordan Love, 20 out of 26, 228 yards, one touchdown, no picks, did take four sacks in this one. Your takeaways on J Money in this one. <laughs> the other J Money. The other J Money. Um... Yeah, I still feel kind of the same about Love. I don't know. Like, I don't think that he's the reason that they've been losing. Um, I think he made some really nice plays in this game. I mean, like, some really great throws. The deep ball's still questionable. But, like, it's not questionable 100% of the time. It's only questionable, like, 50% of the time. And I just don't know what the deal is because – and I wasn't planning on going here with this, but here I am with the deep ball. I just like, I know he has the arm and I know he has the ability. Like I saw him drop bombs in college, right? So like, I know it's there. I'm just like waiting for something to click. Um, but I just, I still love the way he attacks the middle of the field and is like unafraid to do that. I think for someone in their first year as a starter, that's huge. Um, there was definitely some moments where and this is just I think a vet thing and you know probably should have learned this from Aaron Rodgers who is the king of this but like if nothing's open for you buddy throw it away um there there were definitely a few I think I'm thinking of at least one sack in this game where you know what the other team just had everybody covered just throw it away don't take the sack in that instance like you don't have to make magic happen but again those are things I think you're just going to learn um obviously when the players around him play better he plays better. Um, I don't think that's really rocket science. And I think his stats like really reflected that. So I'd like to see him stack successes for sure. Um, because I think that that's, uh, that's the only way I'm really going to have any sense of like where he stands in terms of like long-term if he's the answer, but watching everyone around him show up and make plays for him, obviously like look at, they put up 20 points, you know, they, they're capable. This team is capable um, he just needs a better support system. Um, but not, I'm not, I wasn't like, you know, this wasn't like, you know, uh, wow, I'm so wowed, <laughs> you, you know, like there's still, there's still some moments where he, he has to potentially make some better decisions, but those will come in time, hopefully. Yeah. I might end up being a little bit of a, a hater on this one. I didn't love this game from Jordan, no pun intended. Um, I, I thought the opportunity there for Christian Watson 
um, on the deep ball is one that he's got to find a way to hit and just completely that, like that should be a touchdown. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately it's, it's an underthrown ball and he owned it after the game. He said he underthrew it. He came back, hit Watson a little bit later, although even that ball I think could have been a little bit more, again, at least at first watch um, on a line and maybe not having that, you know, Christian has to go up and make quite as much of a contested catch. I thought there were other plays too. the Malik Heath drop. I thought could have been a slightly better throw for Malik, although I know he, he may have been protecting Malik on that one a little bit. Um, but that one I thought maybe could have been in a little bit better place. The Dontavian Wicks fumble was one where I think if he hits Dontavian in stride, he can just get upfield a little bit more rather than having to kind of make an adjusted catch and then spin around and try to reach out. Again, the, the fumble is not on Jordan in any capacity, but I think that's a ball where he could have made it easier for Wicks. And there were just a, a handful of those throughout the course of the game where um, even like the the really big throw down the field to Musgrave, Musgrave has to kind of go up a little bit to get it. And again, that's a really big play. It's a great throw. You're going to take that. It's a positive every single day of the week. But it, it's just if, if it's a little bit more accurate, um, it goes a really long way. And now you're talking about guys being in not just easy catchable situations, but run after the catch situations. And that a lot of the times is the difference between a okay game and a good game or a good game and a great game. And I just thought there was some opportunities left on the field for Jordan, plus taking a few sacks in this one. Bad game? No way. No chance. I mean, 20 of 26, whatever it was. Um, I didn't think off the top of my head, any turnover worthy plays. And this one, he did have the one where he threw sort of backwards to Aaron Jones, and then it went out of bounds through Jones's hands. I don't necessarily put that as a turnover worthy play. In fact, he avoided a sack. It just ended up being backwards. But overall, I thought this was a, a solid, but um, I w- there were a couple of plays I, I think he wish he would have had back. And I, I just would have liked to see him be a little bit more efficient from time to time. Any thoughts on it, Dusty? Yeah, no, the deep ball thing and, and even the intermediate thing is interesting because I know there was all that talk preseason about in training camp about um, putting more air under the ball. There was there was they wanted to put more air under the ball, which contributed, I think, to a lot of the stuff early. And then I think starting last week, he really, I think, seemed like they, either they told him again, one of those those shifts last week seemed to be just rip it. If it's there, if it's on a throw it on, I don't care. Get it there however you need to get it there. Don't worry. Because those deep balls, even the one to Watson, that one to Watson is under thrown. But he's throwing that sucker on more of a line than he had been. Like, because he had been just like every single ball over 20 yards is just a rainbow ball. And starting last week, he kind of started not doing that. I think he's a little more comfortable that way. Like you said, there's there's throws he missed, there's throws that could be a little more up. It was also raining quite a bit, which I don't want to throw excuses out there because a lot of this stuff is also stuff we've seen at other times during this year. So I don't think the rain contributed to it, but it is a game where we saw a ball slide out the back of back Rippin, uh, Brett Rippin's hand. So I do want to just, I want to bring that up. But I do think, I mean, there are accuracy issues, and that's. That's one of those things like it's is the accuracy or timing on some of it. And I think some yeah. I think some of it's more timing than accuracy. And then some of that is is that on the receiver, or is that on him? Some of these breaks are a little deeper, a little later than they should be. I think it's a combination of both. Um, but I say I don't the, the like I said, when I looked at his numbers, I was kind of surprised by how good they look because I didn't think it was a particularly good game. I didn't think it was a particularly bad game. But I do think I get the I get the sense that he is getting a little more comfortable. Like you said, Perry, he needs to learn. A little bit more when to throw it away. I know my big one was was last week. It was last week they had the. It was like what seven seconds left on the on the twenty. He's like hit the back foot and rip. He hit the back foot, bounced, goes to a second read. Like you don't have time for this, dude. Like you've got to rip this. So he's got those. That clock in his head needs to speed up. He needs to know when to play is dead, and he'll have those moments. But I think overall, yeah, I think the the accuracy maybe a bit overblown because I do think some of that is is a timing issue. 
and I do like seeing him ripping those throws a little bit more. But yeah, the stuff to Watson is like if he's ripping that stuff a little more and he's a little more comfortable throwing those, he needs to throw that better to Watson. Like that my goes back. Though, on. My question though is like, and this is this is just like a, maybe a silly question, but maybe not. Is like Aaron Rodgers also had a problem with Watson, and same like thing with like MVS. Is just like when you just have a guy that's that fast is this just like it's maybe a little bit more difficult to get on the same pages because you're like i actually need to like overshoot this more than i would for like any other receiver i don't know if there's anything like to that because it's not like he's really hitting these with like other guys either um but i just i don't know it's just something like i think watson struggled a little bit also with with like rogers too and like maybe it's just like timing there was a story i can't remember what the who the quarterback was it may, may have been McNabb because it was in it was it was deshaun jackson during his eagles years and they and they would have um drills where they were like can i overthrow <laughs> overthrow deshaun jackson just say like run a go route and i'm gonna see if i can throw it further than you could run like they probably just need to do some of that with well because like you said i mean that there is it's that weird timing thing we're like well he's open throw it to him He's faster than Dobbs. So if Dobbs is on that route, you're kind of timing as a quarterback. Your placement needs to be different than this with Watson. I I would I don't know if they're doing it. I would love to see some kind of thing where like we're gonna start on the 10. You run, I'm gonna count to three, I'm gonna throw this thing, I'm gonna see if I can throw further than you. Because like I do think that I do think that's an issue. I think that's part of it for sure. I think there was a Troy Aikman, Joey Galloway story too, where Galloway first came to De- Dallas and he said, take a five-step drop and throw it as far as you possibly can. And you can't, outthrow, <laughs> you can't, the ball, I will outrun the ball. And Aikman's like, no way. And he's like, you yeah, know, no, I will. And uh, so he did his, maybe it was a seven-step drop, whatever. He did his drop through it as far as, far and right under it. And it's like, yep, got it. And, and Aikman was like <laughs> mind blown or whatever. I think there was a Deshaun Jackson story very similar to that, as you mentioned, but at the same time, like I don't think two is complaining that Tyreek Hill is too fast in Miami. It's like, oh, he's too <laughs> no, fast. for like, sure. Can't get the ball there. Like, you know, so I, they just got to figure it out. They got to work it out. It needs to be better. And Dusty super well said that there is a lot of timing elements to this on all sides of this. And it's just going to take a little bit of time for the Musgraves and the Watsons and, the, you know, all of them to get on the same page as Jordan Love. And hopefully we start seeing strides of that moving forward. All right, rapid fire rest of the way. I'll start offensive offsides. All right. I don't, I, I tweeted this out. I, I don't care what the rule book says. I don't, I do not care. I don't care what the rule book says. The, how close that was that that's the new, you could call that on every single play. And like, what are we doing? Like, are we like, I, I was like, I almost wanted to see the guy on the sidelines with like a binoculars, like looking in being like, was he, was he a little bit over? We do not want NFL officiate uh, officials litigating. If the helmet is slightly ahead of another helmet, like get all the way out of there with that crap. Like, I don't care if it's a point of emphasis, you know, it should be a point of emphasis like being able to play football without stupid penalties should be a point of emphasis so that we can have fun watching the game of football. Both of the, there was no gained advantage by the green Bay Packers by how they were lined up. That's my take on it. I don't think I don't know, anyone else want to weigh in. It just made me mad because again, it's just, it's like, if it was so egregious, then like, yeah. Okay. Sure. That, that was clearly an issue. And like, there were, there are moments when the Packers very much do stupid things, please penalize them for it. But like it took away two offensive drives that were moving the ball. And it was two very key moments where they were converting to first downs. And if you're going to make like what could be like fairly significant, um, like changes in the game, 
that that like again it didn't end up mattering the Packers won by quite a bit and, but like who it, it might not have been that way and those are two like key moments where you're gonna take the ball away from them and you're actually gonna flip the field like it, it's just you better be like damn sure that that's actually a penalty and it they weren't sure no, it's yeah. it's just dumb. Like you said, that that is that's one of those things that's put in there for a very specific reason, and then that's legislated to the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. And like, well, it's, it's it, that's like it's almost like breaking out the note card to see where he's aligned yeah. at that point. It's it's so, and I think running after the game was like that's how I've always lined up. Like yeah. a short yardage situation, my entire career going back to college, I have always lined up that way. It's never been an issue. I blame I blame the Eagles. That's that's how this goes. I blame the Eagles for both of those penalties. Well, this is also something I know we were, I know, sorry, I know we were going to go rapid fire, but this is something that like was brought up early in the season because this happened to the chiefs too. And I think it was either like the chiefs, like left or right tackle. It wasn't an yeah. interior lineman. Yeah. And he would, he had even pointed to the ref and said, am I lined up? Okay. Right. And the ref was like, no, move back. So like, why can't like, give a warning, like say like, this is actually where I'm going to call it in this game. Step back. Like, I don't know. It just felt real. It feels like the new roughing the passer of this season. And it just feels really off. Anytime the NFL tries to put a point of emphasis on anything, it's the worst thing in the world. Stop, <laughs> stop emphasizing anything. I don't want any emphases. Stop emphasizing things. Work it out. The, work it out in the preseason. They always yeah. do the point of emphasis for the new year. They do it in the preseason. It's always a huge talking point. It never matters in the regular season. Work this out in the preseason. Everyone either backs up or you back off what you're going to do. And then by the time the regular season rolls around, or by the time you're in week three, where everyone everyone's either in line or you've you've decided not to emphasize that, and we're good to go. Week nine? No, absolutely not. And unless this happened, and last thing I'll say, unless this happened and maybe we just don't know about it, what I would have rather have seen is none of those penalties called in this game and then a letter be sent to Green Bay saying, hey, on these few plays, John Runyon Jr. was slightly ahead of the center on this one. If it happens again next week, you will be penalized. If, like, if, yeah. if that's what you want to do, fine. But like, have that. have a couple weeks where you're like, sending out some memos to teams of being like, this is what you need to watch out for. Unless, as you mentioned, Perry, it's egregious and there was nothing egregious about anything Green Bay did. But let's get off of that. Um, again, really quick here. Perry uh, Jones, 24 touches in this one, had the fumble, which was unfortunate. I don't think he reached, I think it was under four yards per carry, but still great to see Aaron involved. And you can tell the offense was just clicking a little bit more with him getting involved more. This team operates so differently when he gets more than 15 touches. Like, I just like the idea to give him any less than that. And again, I know he's been hurt, but it is just it is night and day. I mean, again, I think I tweeted it out and it's like becoming a little bit of like a Pax, which she said running joke. But like, I love the pony package, just like the run game. And again, the blocking was so much better. And Dusty already gave a lovely, you know, explanation for this. But just like Jones and Dylan are such a better they're so much better when they're working in tandem together. And I think Dylan has had such a better, like he's the only person across the season who's been like steady climbing up in the right direction. Um, but with Jones on the field, the run game just moves. It's night and day. Um, and this team is better when he gets as many touches as humanly possible. And I knew, I knew when he had 10 touches, I think it was like, by the first quarter or like at least in the first half, I was like, we are moving in the right direction. This game is going well. So Matt, 
don't revert back. Please keep it up. I think it was five of the first six plays were uh, for Aaron Jones. I think one ended up being a, a screen that went awry, but five of the first six, I believe, went in Aaron Jones' direction, which was great to see. Uh, Dusty, I can't have you on without letting you nerd out for a couple uh, plays here. Just wanted you to talk about the Luke Musgrave play, if you want to talk about the touchdown there. And then also you kind of uh, mentioned it earlier, hinted at it earlier. Uh, just, you posted earlier this week some really good stuff that Josh Myers was doing. I know it's kind of moved all week after. Control job, yeah. I know, right? After the, uh, you know, Goody and, and Steno have been talking, they're like, oh, greatest season of his career, whatever. But he had a really great play on uh, an end around where he got out to the second level, blocked the defensive back into oblivion. But um, just wanted you to be able to nerd out on those couple plays if you wanted to. So the floor is yours. Absolutely. Yeah, the Musgrave one, I really, really love. That's one I've been looking for for years. The, the Niners run that. I know, I think they hit uh, Kittle with that in a playoff game. That, that kind Lafleur of. mentioned it today in his post game presser. <sighs> it's so beautiful the way they do that. And that's one I looked at. Um, so earlier this offseason, I did like a how to fix a pony package type of thing and looked across the league to see what teams were doing out of shotgun pony package, uh, which is just a dumb thing to be working on in July. Just such a. <laughs> no, we love pony package. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was one of them. So that was, it was not split back but dylan was a single back back there and they had i think uh, jones was on the wing if i'm not mistaken but there's there's only not only so many things you can do creative things out of there but for the most part the packers like to spread that stuff horizontally so you get the motion i think that orbit motion with jones i think he went behind and you can see where the like the linebackers spread so like okay he doesn't throw because you have to fake jones first to the left i think one linebacker stays home as soon as he comes back like well, we've seen this before. He's going to Dylan. Like two linebackers vacate. Everyone crashes, and then he just Musgrave sneaks out and just Luke Musgrave. It's just it's 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 absolutely beautiful. It's something I've been looking for for that from them, really since they saw the Pony Packer stuff, which has been what two three years now. Uh, and that's like why they should be good. Both these guys are on the field and they can't make it work. I've been waiting and waiting for that. So to finally see that and and the way they executed that and how it played off of some of the stuff. That, I mean, that's one of the things I will say. This year, I know LaFleur has caught some heat and some of that I'm, I'm sure is warranted. Some of the stuff he's designing, like the way the offense still looks, it's not being operated well. And some of that, again, is on him. That's position coaches. That's the players out there. What he's designing, what he's dialing up to take advantage of and how everything plays off each other. I still think he's doing a great job with that stuff. Uh, and so seeing seeing this little wrinkle is beautiful. And yeah, the Myers, they had two end arounds. Uh, one of them, Myers actually had a really nice block. The first one he had a nice block on just wasn't, he didn't block a man like 50 yards downfield. And so it's, it's probably will not be talked about too much. The thing with the Myers thing that I really liked, one of his key attributes is he's, he's, he can pull. He can yep. move. He can move in space. He's not the most physical guy, but he's smart and he can move in space. And a lot of that stuff, they'll pull guards and tackles. They'll pull Myers. They'll always pull Myers for that stuff because he's so good at that. We've seen stuff this year where he goes to release. They got rid of some of the polar stuff anyway, just because they weren't able to execute it very well. And so they just kind of got rid of it. But other stuff, they would do it, and he'd try to pull. He had a little hesitation pull out of there where he's like, looks like he's going to block to sell it, step back, pull around. We've seen that stuff before, and the tackle's getting blown up, and then Myers has to – Myers either gets tripped up or has to take a wide angle around. And so by the time it gets in the hands of the guy, he's right next to Josh Myers, and he can't do anything. You had the left side of the line was blocking well. Excuse my daughter. Uh, Watson had a really nice seal block on the edge. So it was just – it was it was – 
Myers did a great job, but everything else also led to Myers to be able to pull laterally down the line, get a clean release and then get out in space and line up a guy and do it. So, I mean, that's, you know, not, not to, you know, Myers, Myers did a good job on that play. And I think overall, I think did a fine job in this game. I haven't gone through everything so far, but it was, that's been the issue all year has been Myers could do something like that. And then he gets tripped up by the left guard. Who's just getting absolutely bodied. And then he ends up on his back and it's Josh Myers did a bad job. The fact that it was not just Josh Myers, but everything that allowed him to get into space that just haven't had guys were, they were doing their jobs. They were doing their jobs and that, and that play. And that allowed Josh Myers to do his job. And when he gets out in space, they don't have a lot of guys that can get out in space that when they line up a guy, you feel good about him blocking the guy. They look the wrong direction or they'll trip over their feet or they, they just do not line up guys. Well, Myers does a good job with that. I think once he gets out in space, they him and will get him there. So it was nice seeing him be able to get out in space and do that. That was, a, that was a nice little, that was certainly a fist pump, like aha moment. As I was watching that, I was very excited to see that. Very well what said. Did you- I want to ask you, I know we're going to wrap up, but I want to know what you guys thought of Sean Ryan, because we got like seven snaps, but like one series ish of him. And then they put JRJ back. But I don't know. I thought he was kind of like moving guys. I didn't get to see it closely enough to to comment, honestly. Um, But it's definitely something I have earmarked in my notes for when the all 22 comes out, because I'm very excited to see how it looked. And I was going to be interested if Ryan just got the, the rest of the snaps, but sounds like it was more of an injury issue for Runyon and he got cleared and he went back in, but I'm, I'm excited to watch those seven or hey, I will say this. They spent the third round pick and I know that might see him a little bit much right now. The Packers have scored a touchdown on every possession that Sean Ryan has played uh, in the <laughs> National Football League. So ROI, uh, man, that's keep an eye out for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. I didn't get a chance to watch him too closely. I thought he was mainly fine in that I didn't notice that he was out there for the most part, which is which is good. He didn't get blown up, which was awesome. So it's a good stat, Andy. I like it. Just put him out there all the time. Profit. They right? would score every single time. It would. It would. It probably wouldn't be fair to the rest of the league. The league would have to start coming up with some new penalty that they could call Green Bay on in those situations. Illegal uh, Sean Ryan on the field. No Sean more. Ryan. Wait, I have it. No more third round picks for the Packers. They just can't pick. Oh no! no that, oh, that would be no. a benefit for Green Bay. That would be a benefit for Green Whatever Bay. Whatever will we do? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, before we get out of here really quick, uh, we did add some, uh, some injuries throughout the course of the game. Keyshawn Nixon left. I believe he did come back. Yash Nyman went out. He did not come back. Rasheed Walker took his place. I actually thought Walker seemingly first glance played pretty well in his stead, but we'll have to take a look again at the all 22 at that. Christian Watson left with a, uh, with a concussion uh, symptoms, but it sounds like he cleared. At least they were hopeful that he did not have a concussion a back injury and a chest injury uh, on one play. Um, But it sounds like he came into the locker room and said he's good to Preston Smith. So hopefully that's a good sign moving forward. And then Kenny Clark had an injury, did not return, but it sounds like they do not have any concern of anything long, long term for Kenny Clark, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be ready to go for Pittsburgh either. So those would be big ones to keep an eye on throughout the course of the week. And then of course, uh, Walker and Ford were inactive prior to the game and did not play in this one. So as we get to practice this week and we get to Wednesday and see who's practicing or not, Keyshawn Nixon, Yash Nyman, Christian Watson, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and Rudy Ford seemingly will be the big six to keep an eye on as we head to Packers Steelers. Dusty, before we get out of here, any final thoughts or takeaways that we did not go over in this one? That's good having Aaron Jones back. For sure. So I actually looked at usage numbers. I counted up rough count of snap counts. His usage rate last year when he was on the field, like when he got touches was like, what was he? 45%. He was 63% in this game. It's like, you're, you're healthy. We are feeding you the balls. That was, that's, 
that's good to see. Like I said, this is like Perry said that you want you want to see them stack this. This is this is one where it it was a little messy at times, but it looked about like you would want to see. And again, I think that I think leaving Toure out to have Heath in was kind of a we've seen what we need to see out of, of Toure. Whatever you want to say about Heath, we can run our offense this way. So I think it looks smoother. I'm just I'm curious to see. Is this a one-off? Not like the Steelers are lighting the world on fire this year. I think their defense is worse than the Rams uh, at, at the moment. I mean, pass rush is good, but I'm curious to see if they carry this forward. But this was a nice – it was an ugly game, but it was nice seeing them operate in a somewhat nice way. And so I'm, I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hope when we dig into the, the All-22, I'm, I'm hoping to learn a little more and see, like, I feel better or I feel worse about this. We'll see how that goes. But I, this is a team that hopefully after this game is – trending in the right-ish direction and that they're not going to trip over their feet every single time, which is nice, I think. I'm with you. Perry, any final thoughts? It's just this team really needed a win. Um, I think I would have been happy with an ugly win, and it turned out it was actually like a fairly functional win, which is even better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they do they, – they just – they need to stack off of this, like Dusty just said. I, I, I think like a win's great but you have to like take this as a foundation of something and continue to build off of it. Um, I just really like seeing the young guys. I mentioned it before step up. I think you saw so much more from LVN. You mentioned Carl Brooks, like just all of the young guys being given the opportunities to make plays and they did. And that's like really all you could ask for out of this season, other than the big ginormous elephant in the room question, which is like, do we have our, you know, our franchise quarterback, but that's just not something we're going to be able to answer probably until the end of the season. Um, so just like keep doing the like this. And I think all the answers will come eventually. Um, and I don't know, man, it's just good to see winning football again. I, I don't know if you watched the video of Matt LaFleur in the locker room after the game, but oh my God, he was so fired up. Um, and I think you can say a lot of things about Matt Floor and like his leadership style. But to me, like, you know, he clearly believes in these guys and they believe in themselves and there's still a lot of season left. Um, I know as fans, you can get really bogged down in like the here and now, and Oh my God, it's week nine and they look so bad and they're sub 500 and, you know, tank the season, but there's still a lot of season left for them to like do a lot with, um, it could be, you know, I could eat these words in a couple of weeks when they refer back to being terrible. But I, I, I will say, like, just stack from here and we'll just see how it goes. A good win against a terrible team, um, but I will take it. And the bigger thing for me, wins and losses aside, they showed signs of progress for the first time in a long time. That's what I really needed to see is, is finally some signs of progress. And I thought it was team progress. I thought it was offensive progress. I thought it was defensive progress. And I thought we saw some real legitimate progress from some of these younger players that we were desperate to see some progress from. And we finally got it in this one. And I think that's my ultimate takeaway from this one. Dusty, Perry, thank you so much for doing this. You guys are the absolute best. A quick shout out uh, to our all pro and Hall of Fame members, most hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Shea Broadad, Arnaldo Espinosa, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Donald Lee and Lori Lord. If you have not checked out Packaday podcast memberships yet, do so right now. Dusty, tell the great people where we can find all of your work and where we can find you on social media. The internet. Find me on the internet. I'm I'm at, at Dusty on Twitter is where I will generally shout 
pretty much everything I'm doing. But yeah, uh, weekly for Cheesehead, weekly for Pack Report, weekly for Pack a Day. If you guys have heard of Pack a Day, we're on the Wednesday crew over there. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like something else I'm missing. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm around. You find them everywhere. We love them on Pack a Day along with Sarah and Steve. Awesome episode every single week. Perry, where can we find all of your amazing work? Oh, God. I learn something every time I listen to or read anything Dusty does. So huge plug for Dusty's work. Um, You can just follow me on Twitter. Follow the other podcast I do with Maggie Loney, who's also much smarter than me. And I learn a lot whenever I talk to her. Uh, Facts what she said. PWSS podcast on Twitter. We are also on YouTube. Go subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube's fun. You can watch uh, my weird facial expressions. I'm a lot more expressive than I am on this show. I'm very <laughs> subdued on the show. Um, but yeah, just follow me on Twitter, Perry underscore Goldstein. Go follow Dusty. Go follow Perry. You can find me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. That's going to do it for us. Enjoy your victory Monday. We'll see you next time. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.